Hello and welcome to the Wild Enrichment Podcast. My name is Kyle Banton-Jones and I'll be your host. The Wild Enrichment Podcast is a show about animal welfare, training, enrichment, and everything in between. Each episode, we will be exploring concepts surrounding behavioral husbandry and the ever-advancing field of animal welfare, from interviews with real animal care professionals to educational episodes about new concepts in animal care. This is the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Uh, today, we have a very special guest. Uh, we're joined by Christina uh, Bartley uh, from the American Association for Laboratory Animal Enrichment. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Christina. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's a very exciting uh, conversation, I think. it's it's uh, You have a very interesting nonprofit that focuses on a very uh, niche section of sort of animal welfare and animal enrichment. Uh, and it's something that, you know, a lot of people might not be thinking about. And I, I think that, you know, from based on everybody that I've talked to through this podcast, like a lot of people have similar problems and a lot of people run into similar things, regardless of, uh, you know, where they're at. So, uh, yeah, we're super excited to talk about something a little bit different today. Yes, I'm excited. Let's dive in. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you want to give people a sort of idea of your background and, you know, how you sort of got involved in uh, animals and enrichment, animal sure. welfare? Sure. So I feel like everyone, they're an animal lover. I was an animal lover. Um, I've always took a liking to monkeys and all types of different species. My favorite animal to this day, and I always put it out there in the atmosphere is bonobo. And I want to meet of a novel mm. so bad. Um, one day I'm gonna put an atmosphere, but <laughs> I don't need that. So I always want to do like research, field work. Um, I wanted to be a veterinarian. Um, I did not like research. I was like, what is this? You know, you know, when you go on sites and you see not sites, but you, you know, type in images and you know, testing, and you're like, oh no. Um, but coincidentally, my mom um worked at a pharmaceutical company and got me an internship. And so with that internship, I was like, oh, like, this is not anything like the pictures or like, you know, the images, like, this is amazing. I want to do, you know, I want to work in, you know, lab animal. And um, I did some research and then I did some animal care. And then from there, that kind of, uh, kind of solidified my, I was like, okay, I can be a lab animal veterinarian. And so I still want to go to vet school. I completed my bachelor's. I worked at NIH for a couple years. And then I just realized, again, working with monkeys and looking at monkeys, I said, oh my gosh, I can look at these monkeys for hours. I want to do behavior. Um, and so then I did my master's. I was like, okay, I still kind of want to do some lab animal vet. And then I was doing research at the same time. I was a lab manager supporting their research on American bullfrogs and crickets. Um, I hated that. I said, I, I am not that person, I, but so I ended up, so I would see like a barren cage of frogs. I was scared of them, like deathly afraid. I saw the crickets. I said, you guys want me to feed them live crickets? It just wasn't the time. I just, it wasn't my thing. And so one day I went in, I said, well, hold up. Like their, their tank is kind of barren. Like you know, I, said, I was looking up just little behaviors that they should do. I was like, they're not doing these behaviors. What can I do? So it, came, it became my little project um, that I enhanced, you know, the bullfrog environment. They were, they were worried about the crickets because the crickets kept dying like two, a day or so after. Humans, duh, they needed water. We didn't put like a water source in, the in, that, in that cage. So mm. I was like, okay, I zhuzhed up their environment. 
And that's how I started. I was like, I gave them huts and I, I slanted their tank a little bit. I put some music, even though I don't know if they could hear it, but it was like my little thing of, you know, enhancing their environment um, that they still do to this day. You know, I wrote an SOP on it and I was like, okay, I think I want to do behavior. I want to do enrichment. I want to do behavior. Um, and so that's when um, I got um, a job offer like the day before graduation with my master's um, to be an enrichment person at a, a small facility. So yeah, that's how I got into Oh, that's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's a yeah. it's a very like uh, sort of non-traditional path through that. And mm -hmm. and yeah, I, I think, you know, there's there's still e even in my experience um, with uh, with a lot of zoos with, uh, you know, breeding and release programs and and those sort of like research environments. It's uh -huh. yeah, it's very sterile environments. And, and there's sort of. Mm -hmm there's these SOPs written by organizations uh, that are sort mm -hmm. of outside of the zoo that they yep. can't really alter that right. much. And a lot of them call for these environments and, and yeah, it's tough. And it's, uh, it's something that, you know, I, I definitely think there's, there's room for, uh, for a lot of improvements. So uh, that's, that's right, really interesting. Right. Uh, so you right. have this nonprofit, the American association for laboratory animal enrichments, uh, do you want to mm -hmm. sort of give people an idea of what that is and uh, what you yeah. guys do? So, okay, so I'll, I'm going to just continue for our enrichment coordinator. So because I was an enrichment coordinator in a lab animal facility, this was still, I still say, it was still niche. Like you still had, okay, let's, we'll give them fruit. It's fine. They're still to this day, you don't have in every facility dedicated behavior staff, to be honest. Um, and so coming here in a small animal, in a small, smaller facility, smaller facility um it was like moving a mountain it was literally like me and my um my supervisor at the time it was just us against the world basically it was us against this you know against upper management all that um and so in in doing that and you know pushing for change and pushing to actually have you know enrichment plans animal welfare assessments etc cetera, etc cetera, I started a little enrichment club in this, the facility because I realized I said, oh, these are animal care staff. They're more, they're with the animals every day. They're the foundation. I'm not with the animals every day. They know about these animals more than I do. So I need to kind of link up and these need to be my allies, basically. And so I, you know, I grabbed a couple of them that were kind of interested in enrichment and kind of interested in behavior. And we just talked about new ideas. So that was my little interfacility enrichment club. And then um, I did a little presentation about it for like our little tech tech night. Um, and then it was like suggested, like, maybe you should do this for the New York area. Do it for your area, the New York um, area. So I was like, okay, why not? So me with, along with other enrichment coordinators, having the same arguments, I will say, <laughs> about, you know, the pushback getting from upper management, we all came together and um and i let it and we you know we all basically got uh, you know neighboring enrichment people research people together to be like a think tank to to each other um this led to like the first i'll say the first session we had was like a venting session it was literally like you know what like these veterinarians aren't listening i don't understand it was just you know but it was therapeutic because oh, it was like oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was therapeutic because it was like yeah. oh you're going through this you're going through this oh my gosh it was a shared experience and so in that shared experience everyone knows a think tank is you know better than one so we got to um you know see how this facility did things so i can do it at my facility or you know just just to uh, troubleshoot 
you know, various challenges. That led to presentations, more in-depth discussions, a poster. And then after years, I realized, I said, you know, not just New York needs to benefit from this. I said, everybody should benefit for, you know, us being a resource towards each other, um, you know, for lab and for enrichment and behavior management. And so that led to, yeah, you know, I wasn't going to do it for years. I was like, okay, you know, I'm climbing up the corporate ladder. I'm doing good. And I was like, no, like other people need to know about this. And that's where I birthed American Association for Laboratory Animal Enrichment. Um, and it was really the pinpoint to be a resource for all, you know, lab animal professionals um, and to be a think tank and to, you know, because everything that I wanted as an enrichment coordinator, basically, you know, I try, I'm trying to birth an ALA because um, I know there were other people just like me, like, I don't know what to, you know, I don't know. Um, what enrichment to give this. I don't even know how to argue it. I don't know where to get the papers. I don't know where to get the featured articles. I don't know what behavior is, you know. So that was kind of my, um, that was my, it, it was birthed out of the frustration basically of, you know, being an enrichment person in an institution that is not necessarily get their revenue from enrichment basically. So, yes. Yeah. And 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 that's, <laughs> that's such a common uh, thing that people run into. All, all the people that are in those positions uh, enrichment mm -hmm. coordinator, behavioral husbandry supervisor, mm -hmm. what, whatever, whatever it is. And, and a lot of people that, you know, that are working in smaller facilities, larger facilities, the keepers, there's, you know, everybody has that problem. Very few people have it figured out where they have complete hundred percent right. buy-in. Everybody's mm -hmm. going with this sort of sole focus around animal welfare. Mm -hmm. And that's because animal welfare is, uh, it's growing every day. It's become, yes. you know, we, we learn more about it every single day. And, and I get, yeah. I get emails every single week saying like, my facility's broken, you know, like this, no one shows up to my meetings and blah, blah, blah. And I, I say like, no, I, I talk to dozens of facilities that are, they all have the same problem. Yes, the same it's problem. the same problem. And you feel like, at, it was at one point I was like, am I an alien? Am I the only one that's looking at these cages and saying, well, dang, like it just needs enhancement. It needs something. They're not doing their natural behavior. So you do feel like you're moving a mountain and you feel like you're alone. And so it's good to have a resource like this. Or if you don't like my resource, go like that's when my new launches is have a resource page and, you know, mm. click on, you know, the different organizations um, that, you know, that are experts in this. So that was kind of my goal because I was like, I, I don't want anyone to go through, <laughs> you know, what you don't have to, what I went through with that. So yeah. No, no. And you, and yeah, you definitely don't want to feel alone. And, and I, I don't think anybody in that position is alone. And, and I think with animal welfare sort of being in its infancy, like now's the time to collaborate because people are figuring out answers to questions that, that you may have and that you may str exactly. be struggling with. And, and, that's the perfect time to just, you know, keep that momentum yeah, going forward. Yes, exactly. And I think that's one of the, like, the bigger platforms for ALA is um, interaction. Like, that's why we have a Facebook, you know, group where it's like, hey, what enrichment do you do for this? Or, um, you know, how do you teach these people? And, you know, so it's it's a platform for, you know, to gain interaction, to be each other's resource. That's why I have the enrichment database, which is another challenge because in, you know, lab animal, the transparency is off. You don't want to mm. give too much um, because you're afraid of other groups kind of, you know, um, targeting you. So that's another challenge. And that's why, you know, 
it's good just to be an advocate and be like, hey, like this needs to happen. So those images from Google will be erased and then you'll see what mm. actually happened in live animal care facilities. So Yeah. And and I totally think that that is, is a progression that's overtaking the industry, uh, especially with social media now in the zoo world. I know like even in the time, in the 10 years or so that I've been involved in zoos, mm -hmm. the amount of transparency mm -hmm. is, is unbelievable now compared to when I started, like yes. it is not cool to be the zoo that doesn't tell their, their audience Thank anything. Anymore. A the more and transparency, the better. Yes. And I think that's, and I think that's coming up with like our generation. I just think it's an old generational practice, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, it's don't, don't ask, don't tell, like we're, you know, working in a hospital. They don't like, you're like, oh, there's animals. Like there's animal care. You can't, you, it's so like, don't talk about it. Don't, you know, um, how do you talk about, there's been so many webinars on how to speak about transparency and lab animal uh, research and lab animal science. However, you need the support. You need those higher ups to be like, it's okay to mm -hmm. share this maybe anonymously. It's okay to share this, you know, because we do need that shift with public perception to get to to make it a little bit more welcoming um to, to share images and to get content so, yeah, <laughs> so yeah no absolutely and yeah that's a that's a really good thing to be focusing on uh so you know uh this so this sort of field that you're in is something that a lot of people might not be i have a lot of listeners from the sort of zoo yeah. field is there yeah. sort of unique challenges in the lab field that, that you want to bring people's yeah. attention to and and, and chat about so in lab animal science, so it, it depends on facilities. However, the biggest challenge is funding. The biggest challenge is getting funding to get, um, you, you want to, I guess, say professionals, um, jobs in behavior and enrichment management. You have, till this day, you'll have some, you know, veterinary technicians doing enrichment and behavior management, which I think uh, is a detriment because you have the vet, you know, the vet techs really thinking about the physiological health, but you need mm. someone to think about the psychological health as well. And it's just as important. And so I think that is a, that's a big thing, but you have bigger facilities that do have that, you know, behavior and enrichment, um, team. Um, I also think that because it's all it's financial because of revenue base we don't you know in live animal care facilities there's not a lot of revenue based on enrichment you know the the bread and butter is housing um and mice and so it all comes to financial say hey we want bigger occasions we have to literally you have to dig and fight and research and get all of your you know uh, dot all of your eyes across all your t's to actually implement what you need to implement so um, the biggest thing is actually having a, you know, designated animal care behavior staff <laughs> teaching. That's another big thing that's happening. Um, you know, when I was in Richmond coordinator, I wasn't necessarily, I was taught certain things, but I wasn't taught behavior wise, like, oh, this is normal. This is, you know, just certain behaviors that, um, I did not learn until I got my behavior certification. So that's another thing with live animal care professionals. We're working on um, diamond primate behavior modules or hamster modules or large animal modules, or even mice modules uh, dedicated to behavior training. So um, that's the that's the big thing. Buy-in. It's, it's a lot of challenges, honestly. <laughs> but, um, but even dealing with the enrichment base, if you want to just talk about just the things that are in the cage, outside the cage or anything like that, then that is more, I'm more, I would love more naturalistic. I would love to see more 
naturalistic environments, more, um, uh, I don't know, plants or anything like that. We can't, you know, it's hard to use that. Even in zebrafish yeah. case, hard to use that. So we have to use a lot of artificial um, enrichment, which still gets the job done. It still gets them to, you know, perform the natural behaviors. But I will say a rat, let's say, you know, for our rat enrichment program, they prefer wood over any, you know, over anything else for gnawing. They prefer their mm. natural, you know, those naturally gnawing materials over the others, what I see. Um, so, you know, those are some of the challenges um, with, you know, live animal care. And that's some of the, that's how, that's why ALA is there. That's why I have the nonprofit because what it'll do is that's why we had the little insights or blog posts or, you know, what have you, because it's from animal care professionals that are in the trenches, frontliners saying, okay, this is how I implemented this. This was the challenge here. This is, you know, I want to get, you know, people's experiences and how they overcame them. So that could be the blueprint of how you can overcome your experiences in lab and the care world, um, in virtual wise. So, yeah, yeah, no. And, and yeah, the, and those are definitely, um, some of those challenges are definitely unique. And then some of them are, uh, like people struggle with those uh, with those sort of uh, staffing challenges around welfare and and uh, you know I, I I've been a, a keeper for a long time and sometimes it's hard in your day to sort of uh, you know be laser focused on just animal welfare and doing behavior uh -huh. observations and those things that take a lot of time because you know uh -huh. you're focused on tours and you're focused on uh, uh -huh. you know a wide variety of animals sometimes you got right. a huge variety of animals and some need you know, uh, somebody watching them for four hours a day sometimes. And that's just right. not possible for everybody. And having those, this sort of staff to accommodate that mm -hmm. is, is super important. And it's funny because, uh, with the sort of natural enrichment, um, uh, problem that you're, that you're discussing, it, it's funny because a lot of facilities have the opposite problem is the keepers are, are begging. <laughs> Uh, to be allowed to use stuff that doesn't look natural because mm -hmm. it, that's also a huge, uh, your hands are tied when you have, you know, this has yeah. to look natural. This has to look natural because, mm -hmm. you know, if, if it's enriching for the animal, it's enriching for the animal. Like it, it, it is. Right. Yeah. And, and right. it's, it's funny to have that sort of uh, other end of the spectrum where you're like, I just want stuff to look natural, you know, and it's right. And that's one of, so that's the, so I always wanted to like facilitate a talk when we eventually we do webinars and things. We did this in the virtual journal club where we had zookeepers and then we had our live animal and it was, it was the opposite problem. It was just like, mm. they were like, we want to do artificial. We were like, we want to do natural. Like, we were like, it was very like, um, it was it was very it was interesting you know to say mm -hmm. the least that okay in zoos but i also say that you know here kind of the customers like your research is not always the animal you guys have more um what customer your customers are more like the yeah. tourists and, yeah, and yeah. you know ours are researchers who, who really just want a sterile condition to get their research done and we're like no you know like the less sterile the better honestly mm. you know like if you want to just introduce a little bit you know you know a plan or something they're very you know they can be very um some of them a little short-sighted in that so it's it's yeah. different from you know, engaging and being like, you know, kids seeing the the animals we're here. It's like we're, you know, we're working with them and it's gratifying in itself to see them. But it, you know, we don't get that, you know, public like, mm. oh, you know, oh, this is cool. This is, we can't, you know, because it's land animals. So it's a little different, um, especially from our animal care staff and getting them to get buy-in, you know, to some of the things and enrichment that we want to uh, implement. So. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think I think enrichment also benefits benefits everybody, you know, because it, it does benefit you as the animal care professional when mm-hmm. you're able to see the animal in a sort of elevated welfare state and mm-hmm. displaying natural behaviors. And mm-hmm. I think that would help with a lot of uh, things like turnover issues and and, yeah. and uh, burnout and, and all those mm-hmm. things. So there's so many other benefits besides that that I think are really important. Right. And I think that's, and it's so, that's the difficulty, right? It's the, it's the labor. So if you're, so let's say, um, and that's going to be one of the blog, one of the blog posts, but um, let's say you are, you know, this new enrichment person and you want to implement something simple as tunnels, maybe tunnels for rats, right? Um, The first thing you, I'm not going to say the first thing, but one of the things that you kind of need and you always need is buy-in from those animal care staff. What they're going to say is, this is too much work. This is extra work. You have to get them to kind of connect to the mission that you are connected to and that Mm. is animal welfare. And so once you, you know, you know, you can always get buy-in from your upper management, but that's uh, less connective. That's more financial. Um, But when you get buy-in from your animal care stuff, that's more connected. That's more like, hey, if you do this, then look, it'll be nicer when you're changing cages, you know, it'll be, you know, it'll be used to you petting, it'll be used to, you know, or, you know, you can use the tunnel to transfer the rent into the new, you know, so you kind of have to, um, you gotta, you gotta target your animal care stuff. They're the foundation, um, you know, after you get the upper management. And that is, that's the, when I, that's, sometimes the biggest problem because Mm. if they see you know that it's not working it's going to be every excuse not to do it and so you're kind of having to you know convince everybody but then once they're on board they're on board you know once they're like oh like this is once you get research it's like oh my gosh my animal is you know looks so much happier than it's using this enrichment you just gotta you gotta like yeah you gotta you got to fight. Yeah, <laughs> no, and, and absolutely. And everybody's everybody's been a part of those sort of light bulb moments with uh, mm-hmm. maybe some some uh, care staff that are sort of in the sort of older mindset of, mm-hmm. of you know, without really thinking about enrichment. And then mm-hmm. when they see the sort of uh, the you see the light bulb go off and them saying like, oh, yes. this is actually super beneficial. And those are the effects yes. and I can see them. And yeah, it's it's yes. uh, it's great to facilitate. And it's great to be to be a part of for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's why I was like, even I think the next talk I'm doing is non. So the biggest rage right now in lab animal is not aversive handling act- techniques for mm. um, your rodents basically. Um, and that's just tunnel handling. So putting, you know, when you're changing a cage, putting the mice in a tunnel or the mice goes to the tunnel and you're not really, you know, you're not interacting with the mice, but of course that mice thinks that you were the predator. So it's going to be, you know, those cortisol levels aren't going to be as high when you're, when you, when it's used to a tunnel, going to the tunnel and you're putting that tunnel into the neighboring cage. So mm. that's another big thing. So there's a lot of like really cool things that I'm, that will be highlighted in a, in ALA that's going around, you know, the live animal um, care world that is, you know, really looking in animal welfare and really like advancing it in a, in a, in a very beneficial way. So. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that sort of idea of cooperative care and stuff like that are super, super big right now in, in the keeping world and the you know zoo world, uh, getting the animals to participate in their care and to mm-hmm. keep them as, you know, right. the stress levels as low as possible is yeah, yeah super important. Is, is yeah. there a specific project that uh, 
like Ale is working on right now or has worked on in the past that really sort of highlights the the sort of mission that you want to sort of share with people? So with Ale, Ale is so new. So Ale is only a couple years old, Kyle. That's always like, you know, <laughs> give us like five years from now. Like I'm still building my team. The biggest thing I'm proud of is our, you know, I just kind of finished. So I'm doing little committees to help out the newsletters. Um, and that's where, you know, people get to see like the enrichment of the month and stuff like that. But I think my biggest my biggest accomplishment with ALA would be establishing those committees with like like-minded individuals to bring out, um, uh, put out very good content about live animal professional, um, you know, and live animal enrichment. Um, but also I'm proud of the enrichment database. I'm proud mm. of facilities that can share and and go towards the mission of being as transparent as possible um, can share their enrichment ideas obviously i you know i don't share the facilities but i think it's so important to share what you're doing and this is the platform to kind of do it because you know so that's my that's my biggest accomplishment i i you know i have projects coming up um not even primate housing or um, I'm going to add more species, but it is, it's a small team and, you know, I have two kids and a full-time job. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a, yeah. it's a lot right now, but that is the biggest thing. I, I'm, I'm happy that I'm establishing the committees and that I'm finally getting, you know, um, the enrichment database. I think what we are going to expand is Zoo um, just to get more content and, and when it comes to um, you know, what enrichment to do and things like that. Um, we're actually going to put in like a zoo section on our newsletter, um, but we're also going to have maybe zoo enrichment um, on our enrichment database as well. Um, so that lab animal can kind of like adapt and be like, oh, okay, like zoo does this. Okay. I can make sure it's autoclavable instead of, you know, and mm. they can, they can, you know, uh, replicate that in their facility. So those yeah. are my two little. Yeah, no, <laughs> and that's, that's awesome. I was, and I'll link the uh, database and everything we talk about in in the show notes. It's it's a. It, I was looking at the database before this. It's it's great. It's they're very hard to build because uh, that's how Wild Enrichment sort of started. Was uh, me just mm -hmm. posting stuff that I was building, and it's it's yeah. tough to to get a database. And there's just so much, and it's it's overwhelming to uh, to sort it's of put on paper, uh, so to say. So yes. it's, yeah, it, yeah, it's not easy. And so I commend you for that. <laughs> thank you thank you i saw your car i was like eventually <laughs> eventually <laughs> i want to have little like guides on how to do you know like how to implement this enrichment or you know eventually we're going to be working on um the biggest thing uh, working on um teaching um just animal care staff even researchers um behavior based um it's mm. just behaviors on certain species this is this is what you should look out for not just physiological hunch scruffy mouse but hey is the mouse grooming is it not you know what is it so just behavior based um training especially when it comes to um enrichment technicians coordinators all that um and of course animal care staff so eventually we'll be doing modules as well but baby steps yeah it's absolutely. Projects, no. baby steps. Um, I, I look forward yeah. to seeing it but Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Uh, so, you know, so do you have any sort of advice for people that may be listening that work uh, with lab animals and uh, in that sort of environment that you're talking about to, to sort of start delivering more effective animal welfare programs? So I would say be resilient, be very resilient. Um, when you, when they give you a no, 
have all your plans, have your plan A to plan Z. If they give you this no, maybe they say no to, I would say, you know, your budget, put the most expensive 3D printer that you could possibly ask for. And then when they say no, go to the, you know, the less expensive one and the less one. Um, so be resilient, get your support and get your mentor because I would not have pushed through my crazy projects. I've done, I've done, we'll talk about my projects, but my crazy projects in enrichment, um, if it wasn't for the support that I got from at least one person who was in upper mm. management, always get your support at least from one person. If you can't get support from one person in your facility, look outside your facility and get the support from maybe a neighboring facility because colleagues, lab animals, very small. They all know each other. All, you know, the veterinarians are very, especially if you're East coast. Um, so that's another one. If you are, um, you know, starting something like if you want to do, there's, you know, virtual enrichment clubs, there's, um, we're gonna, I'm gonna, when I get time, I'm gonna launch, um, the ALA enrichment, um, club, you know, and we'll start back, that back up. Um, but if you have things like that, like webinars, go to them, use all your resources that you possibly can, because if you're in research, it's research-based. So get some papers to back your enrichment, basically. Um, yeah. That's what I would say. <laughs> no, that's that's great <laughs> advice, especially you know getting a, a mentor and 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 somebody to collaborate with these kind of things. Because yeah, that's I wouldn't be where where I am now without you know a handful of people that right. really you know uh, right. helped me through this process. And it is frustrating mm -hmm. and it is lonely. So having people to collaborate with can can be huge for yes. longevity. You know, because you're gonna burn out by yourself. You can only do it by yourself for so long. Yes. And that's what I'm learning. I was like, okay, I'm happy I have my committees for ALA. I was like, now I think I'm ready to, you know, look for like a business partner and someone that can help me out um, on the back end. So, um, so yes, it's, and that's why I said, I was like, with lab, it's it, depending on the facility, um, academia versus pharmaceutical, sometimes you get more freedom in academia. Uh, pharmaceutical, you might, you might not get, you know, as much freedom. NH, you might not, you know, there's certain facilities you might not get as much, you know, um, freedom. So, just know what, know your limits and know, you know, and do baby steps. You know, it's mm. really good to be like, okay, I tested this on one animal. Okay. The animal turned into a room, the room turned into, you know, a whole, you know, suite. And then the suite now turned into the facility of animals that you're implementing the enrichment to. So yeah. start small. That's why. Absolutely. That's <laughs> so, so where do you see the sort of biggest advancements in sort of lab animal welfare being in the next sort of five to 10 years? Uh, what do you think the focus is going to be? So what I, I'll say what I would like, I would love, I would like to see more collaboration on enrichment projects. That's what I have on the website. If you want to collaborate because it's all different, you know, it may be one facility has an MRI and the other one doesn't, and you have to collaborate on certain, or maybe, um, you know, reading certain cortisol level, you know, certain things, um, you know, I would love for more facilities to collaborate to get more enrichment data in a lab animal setting. Um, the biggest thing that I see that's happening right now, everyone's coming out with behavior modules. And he's like, and, you know, I think that's a really good thing because, you know, you can talk to your, you know, again, your animal care staff, hey, look at this, like, this is your resource. This is what you're, and they'll, they'll come down and be like, oh, I saw that lip smacking today. That's what this is. And, you know, they won't misread it. So the biggest thing, I think in live animal, you have certain um, organizations coming out with 
these uh, teaching modules and teaching um, materials for your lab animal care professionals um, with behavior. And you would think that, oh, this you know, should have did this years ago, but this is the new, you know, and I'm excited for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's super interesting. Uh, so if there was a poster you could put up, you know, in all these these labs and, and mm -hmm. facilities uh, to sort of, you know, have people looking at it, have the animal care staff, the directors, the whoever, uh, what would, mm -hmm. what would be on that poster? What would you, what would you have on there? So I think, so this is interesting question. So I think my poster would be interactive. I think I'm very human based where it's all about connecting to that mission. And so I remember teaching, I think third or fourth graders about what I do and what a behaviorist is and what enrichment is and how important it is. And so I would put a list, I said, hey, have two lists, your needs and your wants and put everything that you need in your room but everything and then everything you want in your room. And obviously, you know, they put, I want a, a TV as a need and uh, you know, video games as needs, but it was their opportunity. It was my opportunity to teach them, hey, you, you actually just need, you know, food, water, and, and a floor, you know, <laughs> Maybe a what you want is all these extra things. And this is what, you know, these, your wants is stimulating your behaviors, making you, you know, tick basically. These are what the animals need. Everything that you, you, you know, you're saying is your needs and, you know, your wants, think about that in animal. These animals don't choose to be here. So it is your kind of duty to, um, get them to uh, exhibit their, their um, natural behaviors. So mine would, it would be interesting, it would be something to that teaching method of, because you can put, you can put posters anywhere about enrichment tips, guide to do enrichment, you know, how do you get this? And you're, you'll have one or two people go up and be like, oh, okay, you know, I can mm. do this guide. Or you can have the facility be like, oh, I get why enrichment and behavior management is so important. They need, they, you know, these are their wants and needs. It's time to enhance their whole environment. Just like my environment is enhanced when I go home, <laughs> you know? So it's just to, it's to increase the connectivity and the transparency and the knowledge of enrichment and behavior management. That's what I would do. Um, you know, I would, you know, one of them, you know, I thought about this and I was like, one of them would maybe be enrichment tips on how to, you know, uh, implement your, your behavior management program. But I think it's more important to connect with the staff and get them to think, okay, this is why this is happening. Let me write down and be like, okay, this is my need. So, oh, this is an animal needs as well. So, that's yeah, why. that's 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 a great answer. <laughs> that's a really good answer. Yeah, I think getting people engaged in something interactive is is definitely uh, definitely the way to go there. <laughs> yeah, especially a lab. That's why I said a lab animal. It's you don't get the tourists saying, "Oh my gosh, that's so cool!" You, get, you, it's literally your peers, it's your colleagues, it's your researchers saying, "Oh, this is cool." And sometimes they won't say, it. you don't get that gratification. Mm. So you're really just pushing through, like, okay, you know, I, your 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 gratification is more the animal doing, you know, what you want the animal to do or what the animal is supposed to be doing, rather than, "Oh, this looks cool to you know all of the lookers," and you know, and I get to give this enrichment in front of, you know, I would love yeah. that, but you know, the, it's the reward is really connecting to the staff and the staff connecting to the animals that they care for every day. Um, so, yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting. So, uh, <laughs> you know, where can people find ALA and see what you're up to and, uh, all the cool projects you just talked about, there's a lot coming down the pipeline. So, uh, <laughs> 
So, yeah, so ALA.org is the website. Um, there's the Facebook group that is on the website as well. Um, but the website, just subscribe and, you know, you can get newsletters um, and we'll keep you updated on things happening around Lab Animal. We are collaborating more with zoos, so you'll see maybe some zoo toys on there. Um, um, but, yeah, that's ALA.org. <laughs> yeah, and I will, <laughs> I will link that in the show notes uh, for everybody to check out and I encourage them to do so. Uh, uh, yeah, Christina, it was, it was so nice to talk to you and it's a fascinating work that you're doing and I'm really excited to thank see you. what comes out of it. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Kyle. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you, everybody. See you next time. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed that episode of the Wild Enrichment Podcast. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us at Wild Enrichment on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. If you want to learn more about Wild Enrichment and see some of our great resources, check out www.wildenrichment.com. Also, if you wish to support Wild Enrichment, check out our Patreon. Again, thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Wild Enrichment is independently owned and claims no affiliation to any zoo, aquarium, or other animal care institutions. All of the information and opinions communicated through this podcast, wildenrichment.com, and affiliated social media accounts are based on my own opinions and experiences and are not in any way reflective of the opinions of my employers past or present. Thank you.